Thanks for tuning in to localjobnetwork.com radio, where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. I'm your host, Katie Chesney, and you're listening to I Want to Be A, a show where we walk our starry-eyed job seekers through the reality of how to get their dream jobs or careers. Now, today we are talking to John Myrie, and he is the Vice President of Operations at HealthFuse, and we're going to be looking into how to become an operations professional. So, John, what exactly does a vice president of operations do on a daily basis? I pretty much meet with people. So client meetings, internal meetings, meetings to strategize and plan, some meetings to design or redesign processes, meetings to implement new ideas or technologies, meetings to get updates or or meetings to give updates. So there's really no two days that are identical and no day really goes entirely to my plan. So my calendar, my to-do list in in the morning never looks the same in the evening. Thematically, it's, it's really my job on a daily basis to ensure that our clients are getting the best service from us possible, mm-hmm. that everyone on our team is motivated and, and clear about their responsibilities, that we're conducting business as efficient a way as possible, and that we're really supporting our, our internal departments and constituencies. So how often would you say, you said you're in meetings all day, so how do you get your work done on the back end if you're in a meeting all day, you know, meeting with clients or customers or with your internal staff? Yeah, your your calendar is your best friend. So mm-hmm. I have found uh, myself having to schedule large blocks of time on my calendar, or I wait until the end of the day when most people have gone home to to wrap up the other non-meeting related things that I have to work on. Mm-hmm. So were you always in operations or interested in being in operations, or was this something that you kind of just moved up the ladder into or just kind of fell into? Well, I kind of kind of fell into it. I actually started my career. I've, I've done uh, roles in all sorts of different things. So I mm-hmm. started my career in communications and business development. While I was doing business development, I really got interested in the strategy and data trending and tracking part of it. And that kind of eventually transitioned to analyst roles and some operational capacities and, and just expanded from there. Is operations kind of something that you can make a career of? I mean, obviously you're in operations, so you would hope there's a career, but is, is there, are there lower levels of operations where you can kind of be entry level and work your way up? Or is it something that you kind of work up into and kind of do at a higher level? Really depends on the, on the company. So I know a lot of, a lot of larger organizations, uh, maybe you'd start as a, a business analyst one, and then after a, a short period of time, you would maybe graduate to a, a business analyst two. Uh, I know at our organization, we have entry-level operational jobs where people would start as a, an auditor, work there for a period of time, and then graduate to some analyst work and then uh, become an account executive. So in addition to those roles that you can kind of take to move up the ladder, what kind of educational background do you have and what kind of educational background would you like to see in someone who's kind of moving up their way in the operations role? My educational background, I have an undergraduate degree in political science, Mm -hmm. and I have an MBA with uh, a focus in healthcare management. As far as what what I'm looking for, what we look for, there's really not a magic formula. I think having a bachelor's degree is obviously important. Mm -hmm. What the field is in, really, we we have people on our team that have, you know, humanities backgrounds. We have some people have like a finance degree, some are in engineering, are really just looking for people who are smart, have a, an intellectual curiosity, pick things up quickly, and really have an a, attention to detail. Okay. So when you were looking at kind of making this next step to the vice president role, what kind was that MBA really helpful for you when you were kind of making that step? Or you know, when you're at that higher level, do you think it's required that you have uh, a master's of some sort? I think the MBA was, was incredibly helpful. I don't know if it was necessarily related to the coursework associated with the MBA or coursework in, in general, even with, with undergrad, I think what I learned in the MBA program that was helpful was 
being really forced into a lot of group projects, uh, which is really not something that I was overly interested in. But but what, what came out of those group projects was really getting a chance to work with people that had different thought patterns than I did, had different backgrounds and, and really approached problems or challenges in, in different ways and, and finding a way to all get on the same page and uh, make sure that our output our, our, our document at the end of the day was was of quality. Now, speaking of kind of working on, you know, group projects and things that you weren't necessarily interested in, what kind of personality or skills do you think is makes a good fit for being in operations, both at, you know, the entry level and at a higher level? I think being a good listener, mm-hmm. asking a lot of good questions, I, I think as a, not just young people, but as a, as a society in general, if um, we don't ask enough questions, to clarify maybe what what our manager or what our client is is really looking for, and then we put in a lot of work into into you know coming up with something and we miss the mark a little bit. So I think somebody that's really good at, at understanding the problem, asking good questions, somebody that's really good at communicating what it is that they came up with as a solution. It's a really important skill. Everybody understands things a little bit differently, uh, whether it's your your boss or maybe somebody that works for you or, or maybe a client. So figuring out how they understand things and how you have to communicate that to them, I, I think, is an important skill. So do you think this is different depending on the industry you're in? Obviously, you're in healthcare, so you have healthcare-related you know, concerns and problems and things that arise. But if you're in a different industry, do you think that it would be the same as far as what kind of personality or skills that you need? No, I don't think so. I think, you know, I think being a good communicator will, will help you in, in just about any job, whether it's working at McDonald's or, or working mm-hmm. at a Fortune 500 company. I think also having the personality of welcoming situations or moments that, that make you uncomfortable and having an ability to overcome adversity, I think those, are, those go beyond industry. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the biggest challenges that you face in your role as the VP of operations at your organization? Probably the the biggest challenge is people. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so many different things in life where you can you can take an object, impact it in a certain way, and, and maybe expect a an out an outcome. You know, very much like a math equation. But but people really aren't like that. Everybody responds to things differently. Finding the right way to communicate with each person, to motivate each person, to train each person is is probably the most most challenging part of my job. Can you give us an example of where you kind of encountered this and how you kind of moved forward from it and, and learned from it and kind of, you know, passed it on to others in your organization? Probably the, the one that's most prominent in my mind right now is, you know, when you, it comes to training a new employee. So you've got a, a new person starting and you put together this elaborate training module, do this, do this, and, you know, learn this and read this. And But some people just, you know, that's not how they learn mm-hmm. and you can't. So you can't stick a, a, a binder in front of them and tell them to read something and understand it. Other people, you could they could job shadow you all day long and they wouldn't they wouldn't pick up on it because they it's just not how they learn. So sitting down with somebody, understanding a little bit more about the person, less just about the resume and and kind of what what makes them tick and how they learn and how they like to be managed is very key. I think that's a really great example. I've been there putting together a, a training program and you're right, not everyone learns the same way. So it's definitely important to sit down and have those conversations. So when you're kind of moving up the ladder, so to say, uh, what common mistakes do people who are kind of making these transitions into different operations roles, what kind of mistakes do they often commit and what can they do to kind of mitigate those mistakes? So we have a, a very young work. Uh, workforce. So I, I see a lot of these mistakes all the time. Probably, you know, one of them is you really have to work hard to make a good impression. I, I know when I was starting off, I made sure 
that I was in the office before my boss was, and I always stayed, you know, after he had left. So I, I know with my team, I, I really appreciate seeing that effort and passion as well. Another big thing is is just professionalism. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not something they teach in school, but you know, dress like you belong. You know, watch your language. Not not just with the profanity, but so often people say the word like all the time, or you know, you know. Mm-hmm. So learn how to write and communicate professionally. If you're young, there's a lot of people out there that'll look for any reason to discredit you or your ideas, and that could be as simple as the way you're dressed or the fact that you didn't shave or that you use like a lot in a sentence. You you just don't need to give them reasons or, or to help them discredit you. Right. Another big one is really pay attention. Figure out, you know, every organization is a little bit different. Is a little bit different. So watch the people that are successful there. Figure out what they do differently than the ones who aren't successful and then try to replicate that. That's really good advice. And that's actually something that I've heard time and time again, you know, watch what people are doing around you and try to emulate what they are doing. Have you seen anyone in your organization kind of do that and then turn out to be really successful? Yeah, I think note taking is is hugely important too, you know, especially with people in their first or second job out of college. It's important to get things right. And the only way to do that, your memory is good as it, you know, you might have the best memory in the world, but six months from removed from a meeting, you're not going to necessarily remember uh, everything from that. So take really good notes, write it down. I, you know, I can tell on my staff who, who, who are the good note takers and, and who are not. And, and the quality of work at the end of the day really shows that. I think that's a good thing to implement. It's not something that I've heard anyone say before. And I'm glad that you bring it up because I do have a feeling that it would really make an impact on you know what you're doing and your role and how you can kind of remember things that have happened six months in the past. You're obviously kind of at the top of your game. You're a vice president. So where do you go from here? What's What kind of opportunities or options are available to you? I run the operations here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the next step for me career-wise is I'd, I'd really like to, to be the CEO of an organization, uh, run, run an entire company. I have a lot of different business ideas. I think at some point it'd be a lot of fun to, to venture off and, and start my own thing as well. Awesome. And is that something that you see a lot of other kind of vice president of operations or just vice presidents in general? Is that something that they often do as the next step? I think at some point, if you have an interest or if you don't enjoy being bored, it's, you know, everybody's got ideas that whether you come up with it as you're sitting on a a lawnmower or something that you, you know, think would be fun. So I've been really fortunate to be around a lot of really entrepreneurial people and it's really infectious and I've really kind of caught the, caught the bug. So if you had to do this all over again, would you kind of choose the same path or would you make any changes and why? I don't know if I would make any changes. I don't think anybody probably in college would map out exactly how I got to where I got as far as the path that they, they would choose or take, but it's it's really worked for me. So I wasn't very linear. And then I started as a an analyst one and went to an analyst two and then team lead and manager and you know vice president of operations. I've, you know, I've done sales and I've done communications and I've worked in public policy and it's just kind of, it kind of fell together in a, in a really great way for me. Now, do you have any additional pieces of advice for individuals who are looking to grow in their career and kind of make those steps to getting to the vice president level? I think the biggest thing and one of the things that we always struggle with in, in our organization is the quality of work. Every email, every document, every presentation, whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's for internal use or external use, it needs to be client ready. Even a small grammatical error on a document that I get from someone on my team makes me question the content of the rest of it. Mm-hmm. You know, rework costs money. So get it right the first time. It makes it a lot easier on your boss. It'll make your, your clients a lot happier as well. 
what are your kind of experiences with people who don't get it right the first time? Does that kind of make you question the rest of their work or do they have an opportunity to redeem themselves? I think they have an certainly have an opportunity to, to redeem themselves. If it becomes a pattern, though, where, where things are constantly not right on the first or second iteration, it doesn't have to be perfect, but it, it needs to. One of the things that drives me crazy is when I get something from someone and it, it looks like they hadn't even proofed it before they sent it to me. As a vice president of operations, what is the one thing that you probably enjoy the most about in your role? thing I enjoy the most is that it's no two days are exactly the same. Mm-hmm. I come in with the plan of how I want to spend my day. And, you know, unfortunately, or fortunately, I suppose they, it never works out exactly to plan. So I'm, I'm never bored. I'm always excited. I always get to meet new people, whether they're new clients or mm-hmm. we have new employees. So every, every day is exciting. Right. Now, unfortunately, we are running against the clock today. And I just wanted to give you kind of these last 30 seconds to share any final pieces of advice or tips that you'd like to share with our listeners. Yeah, I would, I would, again, just really emphasize, you know, intellectual curiosity, read a lot, learn as much as you can, ask good questions, and, and really focus on working hard and, and turning in good quality work, because that's, that's ultimately what's going to separate you from the rest of your peers is you, know, you get resumes for jobs and they're abbreviating words like through, T-H-R-U, mm-hmm. or like, and, you know, and, you know, really take that, take that next step, set yourself apart from the rest of pop culture be a professional. It's not conforming. It's just being a professional. Well, there you have it, folks. I just want to thank John for joining us and sharing his expert advice and experience. So thank you, John. Well, thank you. It's good to be with you. Now, to find more employment-related shows, head over to aljnradio.com. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future shows, send me an email at aljnradio at localjobnetwork.com or send me a tweet at the LJN. And once again, I'm your host, Katie Chesney with LJN Radio, and I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.